1: This episode of Bushwich Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Go to patreon.com today to support the show. Get access to our Discord and BSBOT and more. Quick announcement before the show. Greg won't be making this or maybe next week's episode. It's got some stuff to take care of. We've been doing the show every single week for seven years. Uh, My man's got to take care of some things. So without further ado, let's get some things out of the way. The show is not ending. We're totally fine. It's all cool. Greg's just got to take care of some shit. So I've had my friend Dan come in and talk to me about the Rangers for 50 minutes. I mean... Not that hard to do, to be honest. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Keandre Miller, a lot of uh, good vibes with this Ranger team right now and a lot to break down in terms of what's going to happen in the future. So my friend Dan comes on. Next week, we're going to have Fitz come back on the show as well. Uh, and it should be overall a good time. It's going to be a little bit different than usual, of course. No Greg here to do a five-minute rant, talk about the Mets. I'll try and prompt Dan and uh, and that from there. So stick with me for the next week or two. Greg will be back, and then we'll go from there. All right, without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark
0: Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
1: Hey, break events. Welcome to week, the Bullshit Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and this week I will not be hosting with my dear host, co-host, Greg Kaplan. I will be hosting with my dear friend, Dan. Daniel, say hello. Have I ever called you, Daniel, ever once?
0: This is the first time, but first time for everything. As I uh, fill in for Greg, I have to say, let's. this podcast is mostly going to be a deep dive into Correa's ankle, so I want to get yeah, that so, out
1: front. <laughs> so six years is good for the ankle, and I think 13 would have been the deterioration point, which is why they went six years with the Twins. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, you look. Know, it's it's still uh it's still a <laughs> decent off for the Mets. You, you know the you got to trust Cohen and his his top level guys because he's you know he's not afraid to spend money. So that's not what scared him off. So I have faith that uh, that they they realized the long term wasn't good for the team. And it's all
1: uh, <laughs> it's all Jacob Degrom's fault, and, oh, and that's God. why this podcast is about the New York Rangers. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or here,
0: the, the other thing we could do. Hey, Greg's not here. All we're talking about is uniforms and jerseys oh, and yeah who's Fuck yes
1: yes okay Wait, let's let's get right to it <laughs> kruba i mean it should be cryder and second of all <laughs> yeah and obviously of all, it obviously should
0: be cryder and the, the new liberties are uh they, cursed like, the, the, what are they, they're one in six
1: now it's one in six that is correct Ugh. Ugh disgustingly bad. Oh, yeah. I, listen, Rick Carpinello on Twitter, uh, former beat, beat writer for the athletic, uh, the man doesn't hold back tonight. He tweeted, I think they should replace Lafreniere and power play one with Ben Harper. <laughs> so oh. he, he has some uh, pretty interesting takes, but one of them being, Uh, burn those jerseys and i agree with him that's the one where i'm like yeah listen i think they're good i have a libra hayek reverse retro i don't know why (laughs) by the way props to molly walker from new york post for writing a what libra hayek has to do to stay mentally fit during this time when he can't play article today (laughs) because (laughs) oh my god i guess that's guess that's where we are
0: i will note that your Lieber hayek jersey was displayed on the msg jumbotron on thursday in the in the 2-1 overtime win against the stars
1: Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's, that was the whole purpose of getting it. <laughs> it's like, I would like to put Libra. I said this on OT on Thursday with Greg, uh, but really Keandre Miller fucked over my get Libra to the all-star game situation because Keandre Miller is so cool and actually good. And then Ben Harper is playing over, over Libra Hayek. But if Libra Hayek was playing, I swear we would have got him there. Yeah.
0: Like in a John Scott, like grassroots kind of, let's make this happen uh, even though it's not deserving kind of way. Of course. Yes, um, it's not, but, not deserved at all, although, <laughs> but it would have been hilarious. And Nothing against Key, but isn't he, like, way ahead of Fox in the voting, too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so. though, Ke- <laughs> Keandre, well, isn't Fox, like, a lock to go, or is it just Panera and Amiga? um That are going. It might just be Mika was a selective person. Igor? Igor. There it is.
0: Igor is the the locked-in Rangers representative. Um, You would think Fox, who should be a Norris finalist, should be going. Literal God, yes. But uh, honestly, if he gets a few days off as a Rangers fan, I'm not going to be too sad about it.
1: Isn't that what the All-Star break—wouldn't you be pissed— If you were just like selected to the All Star All Star team, you're like, wow! I could have five days off with my family, or I could go play this stupid exhibition game.
0: I feel like the young guys, especially the the first time, like you love you are so excited, or that journeyman who somehow like gets there has a has a Jonathan Chichu year and all of a sudden is uh, going to the all-star game. You are so excited. And Aaron couldn't
1: give a shit less. And then there's those
0: guys that uh, when they decide which games in the uh, all-star game they're playing, they pick the ones that would let them leave the earliest if their team loses.
1: Yeah. And I don't blame them <laughs> yeah. at all. Like it's, it's totally over for them. Like Panarin doesn't want to go like, it'll be cool for Miller. I'm sure he'll be pumped to go. Does, does, I don't even know if Fox cares at this point. <laughs> like we always talk about quote unquote, the kids on the New York Rangers and somehow Fox is never in that the kids section, <laughs> but he's a child still, which yeah. is <laughs> unbelievable.
0: So yeah, the, the one thing is he's, he's got a couple years, um, you know, versus the quote unquote kids because he, you know, went to, went to college and did his little holdout thing. Um So, sure. so not, but like, but he's not, 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 not uh, yeah, he's not a grizzled vet.
1: <laughs> no. What is he? It's his fourth season. What is he? 25, 24. Uh, I just, I just Googled Adam, the word Adam, like Adam Fox would come up. Like what an idiot I am. Uh, he's 24 years old. Yeah. He's a child. He's a fucking, yeah. he's a fucking baby. <laughs> Um, let's get to some of the game action uh, over the past three games. Since we last spoke, they played the Dallas Stars. You and I were so lucky to attend that game, of which the Rangers mm-hmm. were shut out 59 minutes and 59 seconds mm-hmm. until Keandre Miller found a way to score. Uh, and by the way, credit to the crowd in the garden last Thursday, because even in the anthem, the crowd was hot. Like You know, like in WWE wrestling, they talk about there's a lot of heat in the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a good crowd. The crowd's hot. That crowd was hot you just from I- the start.
0: Both said to each other at different points in the game, "This might be the the best crowd we've sat for a regular season game that was uh, I don't want to say meaningless, but like it wasn't it like was. a win." It was the in. Dallas
1: Stars, dude. It, like yeah, it wasn't
0: a rivalry game. It was uh, there was there were some Stars fans there. You could hear during the anthem they they shout out Stars every time um, you know the the word comes up in the the song. We're um, all indoctrinated to sing, and the, they. <laughs> There was like, oh, I didn't even see that many green jerseys, but you just hear them, and so I was like, oh, are there really that many Stars fans there? But uh, overall, the crowd was the crowd was pretty into it for most of the game, and then obviously uh, when we scored each each of the two goals, insane pandemonium.
1: Oh, it was. I mean. I can't remember a time in the garden like that that I've had personally. So when Keandre scores that, well, let's talk about the rest of the game because there's only two things that are really important about that game. Sammy Blay literally murders Julian Gauthier. Oh, best um, hit of the year. Yeah, best hit of the year. Maybe the most maybe the most impact he's had on the ice, and it was to Julian Gauthier's chin. Uh, you and I saw it up close and personal. Julian Gauthier was knocked out cold. Um, I think he was really wobbly when he kind of got up. My best guess is that he has a concussion and we will, not he's on the IR now as of yesterday, uh, or sorry, as of two days ago of this recording on Tuesday morning release. So uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Julian Gauthier for a while. And outside of that, I can't like the Rangers went for over uh, four on the power play. That's like everything you need to know before 59 minutes and 59 seconds. That's what happened in the Dallas stars game.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they got caught on one bad change that led to the stars goal. Um, Gaudreau was coming off, Mika was going on, there was some confusion. Um, you know, who are you playing? the oh, And it just led to uh, a wide open uh sh- streaking, um, you know, down the middle. And I think it was they, right? Yeah, they, they didn't give uh, Igor much of a chance there.
1: No, not at all. So the Rangers fight it off. Country Miller somehow finds a way to find the back of the net. Fucking pandemonium in the garden. Absolutely crazy. And then Evan Fox does one of the most Adam Fox goals I've ever seen after. By the way, and I know Vince has said this as well, Mika Zibanejad has been unbelievable. Um... It's funny because you and I are. I don't want. I'm not a chart guy, but I do respect the charts. hashtag Respect the charts. Right. Where they they where they tell me like things that I really can't see, and some things that they talk about Mika Zabinajad of recent is like his defense really isn't there, and I just from eye test perspective, I don't really agree with the charts. Mika's had a ton of insane takeaways recently and stick lifts and all these plays where he's really making. Turnover plays or an offense uh, creating sustained offense in the zone. For example, that overtime play where the where the Rangers win, Panarin makes a great move, beats three guys, goes around, uh, gets a shot on net, save and save from Dallas. Great Otters, awesome. Mika Zibanejad finds a way to to take the puck off the guy in front of the net, gets it back to Panarin. Panarin feeds Fox. Game over when he goes backhand. Absolutely ridiculous. But that all happens because Mika Zibanejad has been. You know, found a way to fight through it. He's been a a, a kind of gritty player, which is something you really don't think about when you think about Mika.
0: No, and it, with that play, uh, Fox is going to get the accolades for the the great uh, deke well, and backhand. Delicious, uh, especially uh, you know as has been pointed out many times for a defenseman to have a backhand like that down low. Um, you know, perfectly placed. I mean, what a goal! But you know, you brought up the two plays that preceded it. Was was Panarin? Um, Panarin takes a uh, an eh pass that looks like it's going to be a turnover and he uh pinches and squeezes into the boards to get possession goes in and gets the shot off uh if he doesn't do that this whole play never starts it was i think it was a schneider pass because he was uh he was stuck on the ice from um, from the beginning and of the, o- well, they period. Started, we didn't
1: even mention they started Lafreniere, Hedel and Schneider. Yeah. Which,
0: which was surprised. But I,
1: as I said to you at the time, I was like, I
0: think they just had to pick three guys that weren't on the ice for the, for the six man, uh, last of the, you know, last part of the game when they were trying to get that tying goal.
1: They needed to get some get catch their breath for just a minute, yeah. and I know Lafreniere, um, who we're gonna get into pretty deeply late as this podcast goes. For those who don't don't know that I sometimes call Dan on three hour car rides, and we talk the entire time about like just prospects. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking nerdy. Uh, so we'll get right into Lafreniere at that point in time. But uh, yeah, Mika's just unheralded. and it happened again tonight at the end of uh, at the end of the game. Ryan Lindgren's gonna get the get the accolades like you said somewhere to Fox where he just throws his body in front of pucks and goes to the locker room early in the game and comes back but again Mika Zibanejad lifted three sticks in a row as the Rangers were fighting off the Columbus Blue Jackets it's I just yeah. when I when I see these charts that say you know Mika is not really a two-way center I go I don't know I watch a lot of Mika Zibanejad and he makes a lot of a lot of goddamn good plays all the time
0: you know, I, I, just as you are, I'm not a chart guy, but I am a respecter of the charts. And,
1: Hashtag respect the charts, yes.
0: And so, look, if you're going into certain shot differentials or high danger chances, but like, and I hate, you know, just devolving into this, but like the eye test is like, yeah, when he's out there, he's making defensive plays like that. Joe mentioned it, um, how Mika came through with a couple.
1: We're going to talk about Joe mentioning <laughs> things as
0: well. <laughs> you know, they, and uh, also, that whole third period looked like it was
1: coached by John Tortorella. Right, there was just so much turtling and
0: uh, and just hanging on with with that lead.
1: They wanted to go home bad. They played a game versus Montreal, which we can summarize in about twenty seconds. <laughs> they had every chance to win that game, they didn't. Uh, and sometimes that's the NHL. It's like Keandre, Keandre who has been awesome, all, like for the last three weeks, had two plays where he looked overly tired, mishandled the puck, and then mishandled the puck on the offensive zone as well. That on the defensive side, it led to a goal and honestly other than that they had a chance to if that game was maybe five seconds longer they probably tie it up and win in overtime but for the most part i thought they played well versus montreal even though montreal is a bad team
0: yeah it's it's one of those tough things where you're playing a team at the bottom of the standings you're coming off two days rest and you're starting igor and you're only giving him one goal uh it's it's tough and you know Keandre has been playing so well so well uh when you uh, you know I I wasn't able to watch the game live I was uh unfortunately not somewhere with uh, TV or or reception and brag, brag about it yeah and
1: uh, <laughs> you were skiing I, down, I
0: was yes. I was in prison and the, <laughs> the, the the you just look at the condensed highlights it's Keandre's worst <laughs> game ever right he he uh the first goal the oh sorry the power play goal he takes uh um it's a three on two he he locks up one man, leaves another wide open and uh, Kirby doc winds up putting it in the back of the net. And then the, the other goal is uh, uh, you know, the, like you said, he, he has the turnover both in the offensive zone and in the defensive zone, the same play that leaves, um, uh, what's it? Caulfield on the, on the doorstep. Uh, yeah.
1: And Caulfield's a, they're the top goal scorer for the Montreal Canadians <laughs> and he's quite good.
0: Yeah. But from what I was able to to read uh, it, Keandre didn't have an overall horrific game. It was just, you know, those unfortunately two plays, uh, he's right in center of those. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're going to have nights like that where you don't play terrible, but those two plays are going to stick out. Uh, obviously, if the Rangers score three goals that game, you're not talking about ha- uh, a rough Keandre game. You're just talking about, okay, you got your two points versus Montreal and you move on. But, um, you know, like uh, like you said, so it's, it stinks to, to lose a game to to a bottom welling team, but it they've lost
1: to the Ducks. They've lost to they've lost to so many bad teams. They lost to the Blackhawks in the most pathetic <laughs> loss of the season. Um I'm not really worried about this team losing against the Montreal Canadian team, especially by the way, when Glant came out and and and, and said forthright that the team was dealing with the flu. They were all sick. You know, Panarin, Lingren and I forget who else didn't practice um I think I don't know if it was Schneider or not but multiple players didn't practice due, due to like sickness and I'm sure um just being totally dehydrated from the flu and not wanting to play but everyone played and everyone played through it yeah, and, and then to play on a back to back after that flu and win like this is very impressive.
0: Yeah and you know, look in an 82 game season you're just going to have some off nights and it's unfortunate. Like,
1: you're going to lose the Canadians yeah. sometimes dude like yeah, it's they're fourteen to it's like three and and two or something. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The, I think the, like the
0: the narrative, uh, if Keandre's shot in the Dallas game is one second later, I think it's a very different narrative of you got shut out versus Dallas, and then you only scored one against uh, Montreal. But luckily, um, you know, we wanted to uh, having the miracle to win that game, so you can chalk it up as look, it it sucks, right? It's it's a game you should have won, you didn't, um, but. Uh, Like you said, they regrouped today, and the first two periods were absolutely dominant. Uh,
1: I I mean, it was like, was it 25 shots to five through two? I think even more
0: daunting was that the shot attempts was, I I think I saw
1: 52 to 18. Yeah, was
0: it Colin who who tweeted that out? It was uh, something absurd. And, um, you know, the, the slight credit to the Blue Jackets, who seemed to be blocking a lot of the shots, but. Um, when you're, when the ice they is didn't. so tilted like that, um, it, you know, they, it, it's one of those games where, uh, I was happy when they got the third goal. Cause it felt like, please don't let this team stick around. Um, when they, when they let up the, the first goal, it was like, this game's not quite over, even though you've been dominating it, let's, you know, finishing out. Um, but, and then you got your turtling. Um, but Hey, they held on, got the two points, uh, you know, much needed after losing to Montreal.
1: For sure, and that, that kind of brings us to what the storyline would have been if they would have lost to Dallas, which is still um, a prominent storyline, and that is the power play. Oh. And the power play right now, and you've you've heard Greg and I talk about this on the show, how we and how we believe that Glant is a very spiteful man. He, and he just truly has shown a lot of different verticals as to why he's spiteful. And one of the most spiteful things I think he's doing right now uh, is doing the right thing. Which is giving Lafreniere top time with Mika Zibanejad and Kapokako, but also giving Lafreniere top time in the power play. Which, to his credit, is something we've called for for many years—not many years now, but for to to give one of the kids a chance. Mm-hmm. Here is the thing: he chose the wrong kid, and Kapokako has been very, very good in the last couple of games. Even though he, I know he had a five-game point. No score point streak, rather. And tonight he had two assists, which he looked very good on. I mean, the the passing because of Inejay was phenomenal. But he's the best right winger on the team and likely the best left-handed shot on the team right now. Well, Lafreniere has been struggling. Uh, He can't buy a goal. The confidence you see with Lafreniere right now when you're watching him play is, is non-existent. He can't turn up ice. The passing isn't there. You can see him trying to force his way to the net try to force his way into scoring a goal. I mean, even at the end of the of the game tonight versus CBJ, there was an empty netter attempt where he was blocked and he just looked miserable. And he's not really at, like, Chris Kreider will be back soon. I uh, I think if it's not on Thursday, which I, I kind of expect Chris Kreider back on Thursday, but if it's not on Thursday, it's the game after. And his spot, he will take his his rightful spot back on that top line, which has been by far the best Rangers line all season with Kako. Zabina Jaden Kreider, but Lafreniere has had this time to make an impact, and I think instead of making an impact, he's actually lowered not only my opinion, but I think the general. Like I can't tell you how many uh like laugh bu- laugh is a bust responses I get now, and I don't think he's a bust. And I think that's being unfair, especially because I watched Cabo Caco the past couple of years, and now he's turning into the player I really thought he could be, and the points are coming for Caco, and there's more points to come. But Lafreniere has—I mean—the one thing that really worries me about him is that the flashes just aren't there, and the confidence just isn't there. And I think part of that is because he knows if he makes a mistake, it's over for him. But Galant's kind of given him a little runway here, and he hasn't taken it. He's like—we've like, always talked about Lafreniere forcing his way off the third line and showing his way into the top six and forcing his way with that play. But, but, dude—I mean, zero for four on that power play. In versus Dallas, the power play looked pretty rough even tonight at some points, and uh, he took a penalty on it to make it four and four, and that, of course, leads to the Mika Savinajad goal. But I'm not calling Lafreniere a bust, but I just there are some things where it's like, hey man, this is the chance you had to take control of this situation. Uh, and you've made really nothing of it and that's kind of on you
0: i have a a lot of laugh thoughts and and for you know this but for the listeners i'm a i'm a pretty big laugh stand. i have a laugh jersey uh i hurt my achilles jumping for joy when they won the lottery for him so i've been like all in on lafreniere becoming you know a, a star for the rangers and uh it's tough to watch right now uh you know, for a while, like you said, we were like, well, he's going to play his way off the third line. He's going to give them no choice but to be a top six guy, even if it's crowded with uh, Kreider and Panarin there. They'll have to move someone to the right or they'll have to bump someone else down. Uh, then the narrative became, well, what do you expect? You're not giving him the chance. And early on this year, uh, there were times when uh, when Lapp was playing with Kreider and Zabinajad and he, he was looking good. There was then there was also that uh, game where the Gallant seemingly out of spite put Kako Lafreniere and Zabinajad on a line, and they looked excellent. And you know,
1: it was out of spite.
0: You and I joked yeah. that, hey, you ever think just maybe Mika Zabinajad is the best center on this team, and he's gonna bump anyone up because Kako looks better playing with Zabinejad, Lafreniere looks better playing with Zabinajad. Like you see a trend here and so it was like oh well if laugh gets his time with mika and another competent winger you know he's going to start showing out and he's had a couple games to do that and you know you it's hard to hard to say like look if you don't produce in in you know a couple games then the hell with you but basically his clock is just as as much as uh, it takes Kreider to recover, right? Because as soon as Kreider's back, he's he's coming back, and and getting bumped down to the third line. At best, at worst, we've seen him scratched. Um, but like you said, the even last year, there were times when you're like, oh, I see the flashes. And the easiest one to pick out is that Detroit game where he has two goals, including the
1: Detroit goal is the it, defining moment of Lafreniere's career, and that's sad.
0: And there there's been other times where you know he's kind of. Put in pucks around the net where he's just kind of had the nose for being in the right place. Uh, there haven't been too many highlight real goals. There have been a, a bunch of cross ice passes, which I think is one of the few things I've seen him kind of excel at is, is kind of threading a pass and having that vision. Um, but he, I haven't seen many flashes this year and it's become where I'm watching him on the ice, uh, every shift being like, well, what is he doing? And sometimes, uh, he, it's almost, it's almost like he's being coached in a way that is like, well, if I don't have a talented player, what would I tell him to do? It's like, okay, just stand in front of the net. He, and this is even at 5 on 5 where he's he's not the network presence on the power play where get deep in front of the net, um, you know, put pucks in, cycle and and they're basically it it looks like they're trying to take his creativity away and, you know, there's probably Uh, a combination of his confidence being so shot that he's not willing to take those risks as well as, um, you know, Gallant telling him, you know, you just got to play smart hockey and do the, uh, do the smart thing. Um, And I don't think that's how you get a player like that to flourish. Because if you, uh, if you look at his highlights in juniors, everything is him creating and setting up plays coming on uh, the half boards and, and making cross ice passes or coming in on transition And you're not seeing that anymore, mostly because he's been told to, you know, stand in the blue paint and, you know, just cycle, which uh, you and I also talked about this. When Kapokako has the puck against the boards and someone comes on him, you almost are are happy because, you know, he's going to come out with it. And then he'll have that, you know, split second to find someone with a pass every time uh, someone puts a body on Lafreniere. I'm expecting him to lose the puck and and it sucks because that's not the player you thought you were getting. Um but he also doesn't have the the skating of like a Jack Hughes who doesn't have to be that strong on the puck because he'll skate away from you. And so that, you know, not having the skating and not having the ability to win board battles is a is a tough combination.
1: It's really tough and one of the things that I've noticed especially tonight and I think Kraftstoff gets a lot of I don't want to say unwarranted hate because he does get injured a lot, and I think I don't think he was benched in that Montreal game when he took a puck off his leg. He just got hurt and got bruised and uh, tried to play through it. And I think the coach saw he was hurt, so they they put him down. But tonight, when he scores that goal that from after the heatle feed, it's like okay, I've seen a lot of off this season, and his defensive metrics and some of his defensive play is pretty good, better than Lafreniere's. And there are also times where off shows flashes of skill. Like where he's like, okay, I'll take I'll take the puck for myself and I'll get the puck deep. You saw it tonight with a high cycle when he was going and just creating and trying to du- uh, dump the puck deep and go find it and get it himself. But there are also times where he tries to deek pa- pass players or he's like, okay, I can I can show my skill, go through the legs here and just try and try and beat them with my pure ability. And Lafreniere just doesn't do any of that, so it's very strange where I'm not seeing I'm not seeing even just like the. What's supposed to be the highlight, real stuff from Lafreniere, on a on a daily basis. And I wonder if that's just because they're like, a go out there and be a grinder, and they're they've just changed his game entirely. But partially is it's a I don't want to say it's a fifty fifty blame because it's not a 50, 50 blame. The blame's going to go one way or more or the other. But Lafreniere plays a part in this, uh, and he has not taken a a chance or a position to really grab hold of this in any way. And you cannot convince me, Dan, at all that La- that. Gallant is sitting here right now at ten ten on a Monday night, saying my best option when Chris Kreider is out is Lafreniere. Yeah, you can't. He's seen Heedle and he's seen Kako, who are having Heedle has a point in the last seven games. Heedle's been awesome. He's amazing, and I, I want to get to him in just a second as well because I think he should be on the second line. But you can't tell me right now that he wouldn't have Kako on that on that top that top power play. And this isn't just him being like, "Look, everybody, I tried." It didn't work out. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think the reluctance to move Heedle up is probably just you know he has his top three centers and he wants to keep his top three centers. Um, with with Kako, uh, you and I, the the second Kreider went out and we read the the beat reporter saying Lafreniere is going to get that chance. We we were scratching our heads, um, not because we don't think Lafreniere is skilled. If if anything, Lafreniere's skill set probably lends itself to a power play when he has more time to. Look at the look at the ice and and more time to operate, but not in front of the net. That's never been his game. Whereas Kapo Kako has uh, shown that um, you know he can he can bang bodies and he and uh, create there. Uh, and yes, La, the the one thing I will say is Lafreniere has shown very good hand eye coordination in tipping pucks. But even if you if you look closely during the power plays, he's he's kind of standing with. Uh, with his stick in the way, just being like, "All right, I'll, I'll tip it." Whereas, you know, Kreider is getting his whole body; he's screaming the goalie. He's uh,
1: Kreider's the best, best net front presence in the league. And I think, I think somehow he's underrated as well. It's, right
0: now, you know, it's look what's happened to the power play with, with him out. And you know, it's not exclusively that, right? The 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 opponents are doing a good job of. Um, you know, after a full se-
1: limiting the Mika's <laughs> after a
0: full season of seeing Mika, you know, score those one timers, they're like, hey, maybe we should shade this way. And to their credit, they've done that, and we've been slow to adapt. Uh, Panarin has been a more willing shooter in the in the past couple of weeks because of that.
1: Um, he- well, Joe Micheletti will tell you that he missed the next six night six times yeah. tonight. He's very happy to tell yeah. you. <laughs> um,
0: but you know, also, you know, Panarin's the scored the lone goal yesterday, and. Um, and that was it wasn't a power play but it was a delayed penalty so a, a six on five um, and and I think you need that second shooter uh, it's it's kind of maddening that we can't have a a left-handed trigger man to be able to um, you know shoot one timers on the other side I think Fox does a uh, is doing a better job of creating some alternative shots um, but uh you know, like I said, slow to adapt. Uh I will say Laugh had a few nice passes on the power plate tonight when he was at the side of the goal and he was doing like a almost like a um tic tac toe pass or a or a quick bump and he found someone in, in the slot. Uh but again that's not that's not you know the same it's not as game It's not the same as standing in front of the net and just like hoping, you know, you can get your stick on a puck. Um yeah, even
1: no one's asking him to be Chris Kreider. I want to make this super clear. What Chris Kreider does, no one else in the league can do. Yeah. It's very <laughs> few people.
0: And, and th- this is the the biggest um, you know question for that that's come to my mind is that when uh, when Kreider was in there and uh, laughing and, and uh, Kako and he you know, they were all on the second power play unit. It wasn't laugh that started at the net front. He was on the he was on the half wall, and it was Kako in in front of the net. So it's like, why are you all of a sudden saying like, well, Crider is out since you're taking his spot on the first line, you'll take his spot on the power play. It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: No, K- Kako should be there. It's ridiculous. Kako should be the net front presence. It's what he does. He's one of his best skills is puck handling in small spaces. And that like, I know he hasn't really had like that tip in game, uh, oh added to his game yet but it's 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 one of the things he does extremely well and it's shocking that he's not there yeah and i, I also wouldn't uh, mind getting
0: Heedle uh time in the trocheck spot but that's a whole nother conversation
1: well actually we're gonna get <laughs> to that conversation so let's take a quick break and we will come right back and i want to talk about trocheck transition the nfl playoff action continues and we're one step closer to super bowl 57 and for the nfl divisional round check out DraftKings sportsbook An official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Similar to the same-game parlays we do. You know, you've seen them. Breakaway takeaway parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Woo! I mean, take the over on Eagles-Giants. Take, Eagles, take the Giants versus the Eagles. So much fun this weekend to, to get in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code BLUESHIRTS. BLUESHIRTS, new customers can bet up to $5 on the NFL divisional round and get, a 200, get 200 free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code BLUESHIRTS. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. Okay. Well, we were talking about Trocek and Heedle. And, boy, I think... What was your instant reaction when Trocek was signed for the New York Rangers? Because you know how we feel it was the Rangers need a one- or two-year center... And they cannot afford to sign something long or big to the cap because there's just no way they can do it. They go to sign Vincent Trocek, who I am a fan of, similar to as, I am, as I'm a fan of Barkley Goodrell. I will mention him many more times in this podcast, just like Joe Micheletti does. And I, But I'm was just, i still sort of shocked they signed him for seven years. Uh, so where you know, were you? I,
0: I didn't see it coming, right? The the thought was either, A, they were going to sign Strom or Cop to as much as they could give them. Uh, without going over the cap or they were going to sign a bargain bin guide. Uh, I know uh, Greg was hard on the the Paul Stastny Stastny. train and, you know, accumulate that cap space and then also not have a a contract tie you down for years and years. So then all of a sudden it was, well, the Rangers had uh, interest in Trocek. I was intrigued, but, uh, then you hear you hear the, the contract he got, and it was like, well, it's going to be for seven years. And I was like, well, okay, at least that means the number is going to be reasonable. And then I saw the number, I was like, oh, that's the seven year number. Oof, it, it, it was, it, you know, it was one of those things where this better work almost immediately. Otherwise, this is going to look like a pretty rough contract.
1: Yeah, and I, I one of my hot takes I've been saying in our insiders chat is I think Trocek becomes next year's Truba, where it's like like the I I just takes a lot of shit for no reason. Sometimes Truba takes a lot of shit for good mm-hmm. reasons, um, but the contract is, is what is gonna what make what people dislike Trocek mm-hmm. eventually. I think because right now it's still like new shine, new car. Awesome, awesome addition. And I totally get why Chris Drury made the signing. Like, he's going for it for it now. He knows he has a three-year window with Adam Fox in his prime, Igor Shisterkin in his prime, and before Mika and Panarin get too old, that he needs to go for it now. Yeah. Dude, to me, totally makes sense. You won
0: two games but, in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and uh, it, it would be hard for any GM to say, okay, now is the time to, to take a step back.
1: So yeah, it makes sense for me. The seven years is really hard. It's really rough. Um, we don't know where the team's going to be seven years from now. Of course, I'm not really worried about it. I'd like to make sure that this team just goes as far as it can the next three years. Because when when Panarin and Mika and Panarin's already on the downcline comparatively to the last these last couple of years, and I think Mika's still playing at an elite level. Uh, when they go, when they really, when the real decline comes, that's when this team goes is not, not going to go the way you'd want because your best right winger right now is Capo Caco and there's just absolutely no one yeah, behind him. Yeah, in that but, group
0: and, you know, there, there, yes. was, there was a thought that, um, well, once they start to decline, they're going to be the supporting guys for your new batch of stars, which is going to be uh, Fox, Caco, Lafreniere. And um, as much as
1: we... Keyondre Miller, uh, by the way.
0: No one saw that coming, right? The, before, That's so, true.
1: Well, I I knew he was gonna be good, but I didn't know he was gonna have this yeah, offense. Yeah, uh he's he's been
0: a, a, a pleasant surprise, to say the least. Um but the, the you know, you and I talked about uh when they were doing this rebuild that um you know, once they signed Panarin, you kind of started a clock, and uh they've uh, somewhat lucked into having another what you hope is generational goalie and you know
1: and lucked into having a generational defense yeah, well
0: that luck or you know he forced his way here um that's yeah, lucky i
1: guess you know that's sorry that's lucky man
0: uh, and, and so you know you, you already had these building blocks that it's like okay well now's the time and um and speaking of luck to you know getting a first and a second overall pick in the lotteries um you know if they were developing like a lot of the other first and second overall picks were, you know, if, uh, and I guess this is the high end, but if Lafreniere is a Hughes or a Matthews and Kako's a, an Eichel, and again, I know that's not a realistic expectation for every draft, but like, think about what that team is right now. Um, uh,
1: if, I mean, if that's the case, we're, we're, yeah, cup yeah e- easily. Um, but, uh,
0: but, uh, you know, they haven't de- developed that diverse. way. And so, um, the the thing you have to maneuver now is that instead of giving those guys those seven eight million dollar deals that you thought you were gonna give them on their second contracts, you know, you you have Kako on, on a bridge and uh, it seems like laughs playing his way into, into a similar, if not lower, bridge than that.
1: I think I think Lafrenier signs for like two years, two point one.
0: I if you're him, you you don't sign anything
1: longer. You have to
0: you know give yourself a chance to um, you know, up your value, and uh, with his pedigree of being the first overall pick, no matter how, even if he plays like this for another two years, he's going to get another shot because you know of what he did in juniors and uh, his pedigree. So, there, there's no risk of uh, needing to take a you know five, six year deal at below what he thinks is his market.
1: I think Kaka would take a six year deal, something like that. But I think it would have to be like in the six million dollar mm-hmm. range if they just couldn't afford it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, um, the contract that was signed today was was it today? The, the Matthew Magic got Boldy. seven for seven. Um, yep, and uh, you know that's uh, that's
1: it's going to look really good in three uh, years, yeah. by the way.
0: I, I mean, look how good Jack Hughes' contract looks already. But uh, um, yeah, and, and and so I going back to the original point of. You know, when you're signing Trochek, it's like, yeah, just, uh, you know, just worry about the next three years. And the only way to get Trochek at at that cap hit, which I still don't even think is that reasonable, is seven years. Like, you know, screw it. We were in this for three to four years. And uh, who cares what the last three years of this deal looks like, which is also probably what they said when they signed Barclay Goodrow. But you're right in the sense that uh, with the, oh, they're going to hate Trochek's contract because... If Trocheck had Goudreau's contract, we're probably like, "Oh, what a good value signing." And if Gaudreau had,
1: if Trocheck had Goudreau's contract, I'd be like, "Wow, what a goddamn steal." And if steal.
0: Uh, Goudreau had Brozinski's contract, you're like, "Wow, that's the that's the guy every team needs." Instead, I asked you uh, when we were at the game. Uh, this is uh, my own five star question: If the Rangers got one amnesty right now, who are you using it on? And there were a lot yeah, of yeah. This
1: was the argument. Yeah, the am, it's funny because I was just I was listening to Simmons and Zach Lowe today, and they had like a twenty minute conversation about amnesty clauses, and I was like, man, would the NHL ever do that? Well, they did. I just can't see, I just can't see them doing it again.
0: It would have to. be. Well, I would say that it would take something drastic, and if a uh, if a pandemic that you know killed their hockey related revenue didn't do it, it's going to be tough to uh, to see them doing it again.
1: Fair. I don't know the answer, by the way. It's. It's probably Truba, but I, it's funny you mentioned this because I was thinking about this question today. It, let's say that the Rangers do buy out Truba; uh, they're not going to. Just want to make that super clear. But let's say let's live in a theoretical world. They buy out Truba. Who are you playing in the right hand mm-hmm. defenseman? Like it's Niels is gone, and I don't think the Rangers really love Niels in general. Uh, mostly because I think Niels' his value really came from running power play one, of which he's not really doing in Dallas either. And it's not like he's ripping it up over there. And, and let's admit it to ourselves, playoff hockey is way different than regular season hockey. And Jacob Truba, whether we like it or not, is way better in the playoffs than in the regular season because he's well, more well-suited for that kind yeah. of game. So while he will never, ever, ever, ever live up to eight, an $8 million contract, I just don't know who... It's, it's really hard to find quality right-handed defensemen, and that's why when they found when they were able to trade for Jacob Truba and sign him to that contract, they were like, all right, here's a guy who put up points in Winnipeg who's defensively like a stalwart and he's going to be a leader of our team for years to come. He wants to be here. And it just didn't work out that way. Adam Fox became who he is and and literally the best defenseman in the NHL. and Jacob Truba is now sitting here with the C on his chest, probably not worth more than $4 million a year in terms of in terms of. his Yeah.
0: I, I mean, you can make an argument that it, it could be a little bit more than that, but when, um, whenever you look at Truba's struggles, you also have to remember he's, he's not being relied on, you know, to, to go up against the, the top, uh, line of other teams anymore. Like I think I'm sending out Fox and Lindgren when, uh, when it's, Time, you know crunch time, and and I see the other.
1: Oh yes, you absolutely and, are. Actually, sometimes you're sending out Fox yeah, and Miller. Well,
0: they, uh, I mean, look, they. You when you got Jacob Truber, you're like, oh, this guy could bring some offense. Um, you know, he was for the most of the time as Winnipeg, he was play, playing on that second pairing um, with uh, Morrissey, I think. And you know, you saw you saw a guy who had the ability to take that next step up and be on your first pairing. And uh, unfortunately, it just hasn't shaken out that way. If anything, um, you know, he, he's a step behind what you know, people thought he was in Winnipeg, which was that extremely solid uh, second pairing guy.
1: Which is why this is like comes back to the amnesty question. Like, I think it's between him and Barkley Goodrow, who I think will, excuse me, be bought out or possibly traded this offseason anyway. And Trocek. Mm-hmm. Because the point I wanted to get to at the beginning of this is I don't think the Trocek-Panarin thing is really nope. working. Trocek, his his skill set is two-way forward. Pest can, I mean, he's hit every single post on the side of the, uh, like in the NHL <laughs> this year. God, I mean, the, the guy can't, he can't buy a goal similar to Lafrediere, but he at least has created offense, hasn't been able to finish it. But his offense is never like his number one thing. It was that he's a two way center that can, you know, drive play, not in a major way, but they just haven't met he hasn't meshed with Panarin at all. Which is why it's so funny and weird to me that we haven't moved Heedle up because Heatel has become and is becoming very quickly one of the best forwards on this team. I think he's fifth in points. Uh he's he's been He's getting less ice time than other players and is producing at a higher level. He's become a point-per-game player the last seven games. That's a seven and seven, if you were wondering how that works. That's uh, math, baby. And then to not have him play up with Panarin, like, I, I saw a lot of people like, hey, Kraftsoft's holding Panarin down. Like, I don't think it's off that's doing that. And tonight they moved they moved VC up there and, and top six Goodrow, of course, and Goodrow – He does all the right things, Sam. He just gets out there and plays tough hockey. Look at this secondary assist. Let's talk about this for nine minutes. Um, And I like Goudreau a lot, but he's not a top six guy. He can be up there. He can do those things. And Trocek just hasn't meshed with Panarin at the level I was ever really expecting. And I know, and Greg's not here to call me a shithead, so I can say this. I I know that Ryan Strom was... um, not the answer for the New York Rangers, but he was absolutely the answer for Tammy Panarin. And he has not been the same player. Yeah. And which
0: is another reason why it was a, a gamble to, to move on from Stroman and bring in Trocek. Uh, you know, especially I think Strome signed for a, a five year deal in Dallas.
1: Five similar, similar maybe. Um, yes. But it in, was, Anaheim, you know, it, when way.
0: you looked at the, the available options, it was, you had Strome who, you know, has the chemistry with Panarin who, you um, you know, Played that bumper role in the power play. You had Cop who uh, fit in uh, on the team great. Yes, he was playing mostly wing, but uh, played center at, at times when uh, when it needed, uh, when the lineup needed just for him to, to slide over. And instead, you were like, "Well, let's roll the dice." And it's risky to do when you when you already have such a um, you know a solid core in place. And uh, you know sometimes it comes out snake eyes. And I'm not saying that. Trocek is uh, awful, the worst player in the league. But uh, on just no, during no, this no. Co- conversation, we've questioned why Hedl isn't in for Trocek on both the second line with Panarin and the power play. And to, to be honest, Trocek's kind of what you think of, of in a in a third-line setter, right? Some guy a guy who can provide some offense, but is going to be defensively responsible. He wins his face-offs. Um, and, you know, that...
1: Yeah, that, that's why but, he's on the power play, to th- win th- the face
0: There's two reasons why I think it is. One... That he's uh, he's gonna win um, the faceoffs, which is also sometimes why he starts out in, in overtimes. And two, which I hope isn't the case, he talked about playing on that power play one before he you know even put on a, a jersey for a press conference, which means assurances were made to him that he was gonna get that spot. And I hope that's not the reason he is still playing with Panarin and he's still on power play one because. Uh, you know that's got to be thrown out the door. You already gave the man uh, a great contract for him, so uh, push that aside. Now you just have to do what's best for your team, which is often a foreign concept for for Mister Gallant. But uh, I think it's it's time to you know see Heedle in those spots.
1: Yeah, I agree with you entirely, and and I I want to make sure this is super clear. Like I'm not a Trocek hater, but it's just worth talking about these kind of things. Where and I and again hashtag respect the charts. It's mostly red bar bad. <laughs> like that's for for Trocek. It's it was when I saw the charts, I was like kind of shocked. I was like, "Has Trocek been this bad this season?" I don't think he's been this bad. He's been solid. He's been a good player. Watched him play. He's bringing. He's brought a lot to this team. And I think he's like a a good locker room guy and all that. And of course, I'm glad he got that but he definitely like you said he definitely got assurances before he got here like even in his, in his opening press conference he was like yeah they told me i'd play with Panarin. that's awesome could have played in power play one we all we were all like yep. what what yep. <laughs> wait hold on have you you have the first and second overall pick like let's do that and then not that lafreniere has had any great shakes to to take that no um any other burning topic you want to talk to before we talk about yeah was it questions? just
0: uh, you know since the since the last time you did a a full show, it was we got six out of eight points, right? We we beat Minnesota, Dallas, and Columbus. We lost to Montreal, which as we discussed, is a eh game. You shake it off. Um you, you take happens. six out of eight, you know, pretty much every time. Um, it's hard to ask for more than that. Uh the next stretch, uh home for Boston, home for Florida, at Toronto, home for Vegas. Oof, oof,
1: oof. Oof. <laughs> oof, Chris, Chris has got to come back for you. Yeah, I think it's, he knows uh, you got you two know, days off
0: before Boston.
1: Looking at the standings right now, uh, unfortunately, the Devils uh, won today. Yeah, somehow. They, they had a
0: little miracle in, of their own. They were they were down uh, by a goal to the to the Sharks and scored with a, about eight seconds left, I think, and then won it in a shootout.
1: But the Capitals also came back uh, down three to oh, beat the wow. Islanders, which is awesome. Yes, and uh, so the Islanders and the uh, the Islanders starting to fall down a little bit. They are. 4-2-2 two, two in their last 10. Uh, the Penguins are 3-6-1, by the way, and are, haven't been able to put it together just yet. So the Rangers have 57 points. They're 7 points up on both those teams, and uh, they do have a game in hand uh, on—or rather, they've played one more game the Hurricanes and the Devils, who both have 62 and 61, respectively, at this recording the metro is hell but there are starting to the rangers are starting to solidify themselves as one of those top 4 teams and i'm not really too worried about it just yet i think your question is how many points do we get in these uh, next four
0: i mean so first i'm just looking at the box scores from tonight the penguins were losing to the ducks and tied it with 25 seconds left and then one in overtime
1: I hate and the metro, then dude. of
0: course you know the capitals did beat the avengers in ot so everyone gets a point there uh, you know not a, not a great night for uh, out of town scoreboard watching
1: no, I hate it, and I I would say the Rangers get five points in the next next four games here. I could see them taking it overtime. I the Bruins game is going to be a bloodbath. The Bruins are mm-hmm. so good right now; they're seven one and two in their last ten. The team is a wagon. I'm, uh, i I for some reason the Rangers always play really well versus the Maple Leafs. Like I don't it's know why that cra- is. I would never have do. thought
0: this going into the season, but it, it's crazy to circle the Florida game as like that's your must win one. Because you're really going to need those two points. Oh
1: yeah, that's you. You, you have to have those two points, and then I think uh, I think they'll take care of business too on uh, Pride Night versus uh, the Eichel and uh, the Vegas Golden. Hope so. And I know the Knights are knights are good, but they just got dominated tonight. Yeah. Well, uh, I
0: I think I would take five. I mean, um, you know, I...
1: I'm happy with four. I'm happy. I'm happy to split the next four. It's cool with it. Totally. Yeah, that's fine.
0: this is one of those stretches where you know keep your head above water.
1: That's it. That's it. Let's get some five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question on the show, you can go to Patreon. Our Discord is open. You can leave a five-star question there. And we read them on the show every single week. Uh, okay, this is from EP, uh, episode 29, or is EP? I don't know. His name is Keandrewary. That's funny. That's cute. What would you pay Keandre? and do you think it's the right, do it right now or over the summer? You cannot do it right now because you have no cap space, and the cap space you do have you need to use at the trade deadline so they will pay him over the summer for what i would pay keandre well Ryan, a way let, me, let, me, let me interrupt to, you
0: whether you lock him up now that's not going to change his salary for this year so you're you're not you're oh, not affecting this year's cap no matter when you if you sign him now or in the summer uh,
1: Keandre Miller is going to play his full season before he accepts and, anything because he knows how good he is, and he has come out personally and said, "I'm and getting that if back." You're,
0: if you're the Rangers, <laughs> like, uh, has has his stock ever been higher? This right now, precisely in this moment, might not be the best time to sign him. Uh, after his uh, you know last couple games, um,
1: oh, can we do the trade oh, value sure. game? This is great. I love doing this trade value. Who is a higher trade value, Kako or, or Keandre?
0: I think it's got to be Keandre.
1: I think so too, Kako or Hidal.
0: <sighs> it's tough. tough. I think it's still Keandre though.
1: Keandre. Oh, that,
0: that's <laughs> unfortunately that's that's uh, that's an easy one. It's uh, Keandre uh, by a mile.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's like that. I, I think he's the most important kid, and I think they know they have to lock him up and find a way to do it, whether that's. Getting rid of somebody else on the team, you cannot. Keandre, like without looking, do you know how old Keandre no. is? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh He's God. twenty-two. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Here, here's the thing: so, it's, you
0: cannot let having a Goudreau contract or even a Trocek contract, um, you know, keep you from signing Keandre Miller. Uh, this is you can't. The, you can't let you know, yourself. The, the team I always look at as um, you know a victim of their own success was the the Blackhawks who had a ha- hemorrhage players after they they won a couple, um, but we haven't won anything and we're you know we're already talking about like well we're not going to be able to keep all our good players. It's like well, stop signing the mediocre ones.
1: I know it's like Goodrow's replaceable. Yeah. He does a lot of great things, and he's a very very good versatile player. But Jimmy Vesey's yeah. right there. He signed for three years. Yeah. And 800K. a variable
0: 800 K. So even, even if he it's starts amazing. to slip, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, you could just bury that. Uh, I, did did he get any no mover or causes in that? So, no, so yeah, no. Ugh, what a, what a, what a beautiful, but they'll sign. be
1: loyal to him. You know how the Rangers yeah. are. Yeah, but it's one of the, one of my favorite signings of, of the jury era, uh, to answer the question though, what would I pay? Keandre is way different than what Keandre <laughs> would accept because I, I think the play right now is is kind of the Matthew Boldy contract, but maybe a little lower he'd go for, which is like the, would do you think Keandre would accept like a five point five or a six x seven? Like if I was his agent, I'd be like absolutely not. I that my my dude and my my guy is a top left like prime defenseman. He's not like I wouldn't sign. I I wouldn't sign long term because I think I can get if, an eight well year if his
0: agent like came to years. you and said we're. It's seven, uh, times seven, or give us a bridge deal. We're not going lower than seven times seven. I think I'm giving him the the seven by seven.
1: I don't know how we do it, but I think you have to find. Yeah, a way. I think
0: because the, the alternative,
1: you you have to hold Keandre. You have to hold Keandre have, until he's thirty years old. The alternative
0: is you know you have a, a couple of RFA years to play with. Um, but once he's eligible for arbitration, they're going to be relatively high arbitration awards, and then it's going to be. The, the capital has have gone, gone, gone up. up. So even if you give him the same percentage deal, it's going to be way higher. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I think now is the time before you get the, the cap jump. And, uh, we've heard projections where it'll go up a, a little next year and then the, the following year, it'll really bump up. Um, you want to get everyone, uh, you know, all your young talent locked up for as long as possible before that big bump.
1: This is from EXO. From what you've seen so far, do you prefer Panarin playing with Heedel or Trocheck? Who is your preferred right wing option with either C choice? We kinda of talked about this a little bit. I'm gonna make just one more point. I really think Krapsov and like Artemy Panarin wants to play with Kraftsoff. And that couldn't be more clear. And I think he sees that he can get that kid going now that what Artemi Panarin thinks and what actually is true is totally different because the, the players that Panarin has succeeded with have not been those kind of players. They've been Colin Blackwell. They've been Jesper fast. They've actually been Barclay Goodrow. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but that's, that's where, Panarin, that's where Panarin's been the best. So that's why I think if you're going to have, he needs to have a playmaking center and a dirty work right wing which is why it's kind of fine to have good play up there once in a while. But I think he's going to try and transform like that. Second line should be Panarin, Hedl, Krafsov and is playing like the, he needs to be a little bit more physical. And I think Panarin is trying to shape him into the skilled version of yes. Yeah. Fast. I
0: think, you know, it's definitely possible that uh, Panarin knows he needs that, uh, playmaker and that grinder to to play with and he sees Trocek as that grinder so he's saying you're giving me uh someone with skill you're not giving me uh, a good draw you're giving me a Kravtsov that has the you know more offensive upside um you know as we said earlier we would love to see Hedl playing with Panarin um as far as who's going to be on that right wing could it be Kravtsov sure but that uh you know that line then leaves a, a little bit to be desired defensively um, and then kind of leaves you with a, a third line of I guess a uh, trocheck laugh and Jimmy DC or 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 sure.
1: I, the yeah, Gure's fine there too. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, David asks uh seventy nine and twenty three forever. Uh, it'll be forever when we need a goal in the last three minutes, but otherwise, like has been a, like a solidified top pairing defenseman. Yeah, I,
0: it's um, it, Linggren's name is going to come up again when we when we eventually have to face the you know pay the piper. There's going to be casualties, um, and it, it's hard for me to to want to let him go in any type of situation because Fox is so good and uh, Lingren has been his best partner right it, it's just you know someone that they get stapled together and they both had success and sure adam fox w-
1: chemistry chemistry matters it's like when your podcast host doesn't show up <laughs> like you have to find a way to score in the last four minutes which is why i called you Oh,
0: poor greg
1: <laughs> greg did tell me he wasn't coming i want to make sure i did. <laughs> I'm not starting getting rumors like this is yeah. this was planned um all right, that was funny. Uh, this is from Izbox. Does Panarin's silly kick for Fox's OT goal properly quantify the excitement that is building around this team, challenges aside? This this team's awesome. It's, it's just this team knows it's awesome, Just that, and that's what makes it not awesome sometimes, if that makes sense. It knows how good it is, and it just wants to get to the playoffs healthy, and it's trying to do that. But when this team fights back, they're the perfect playoff team. They don't win by a lot they don't blow teams out but they find and grind ways to win games and that's that's what you need in the playoffs and that's what this team has done not everybody can be the avalanche and just have a million utility guys and nathan mckinnon and camakar full skill everywhere and that's i even didn't even mention like five other amazing skill yeah, players but the the rangers are our grind team they, they you know we well. said
0: this uh, at the end of the playoffs last year we're like man we just want another crack at this it's it's almost sucks that we have to go through a, a full regular season before we get back there And, um, you know, as of late, uh, you know, as people like to say, ever since the helmet throw, uh, our record looks pretty good. Um, Team's good, man. But looking at, you know, where we are in the standings, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, It's going to be a fight because, you know, the Devils obviously came out with such a hot start. They banked so many points. Um, I think uh, you and Greg greatly exaggerated the the Hurricanes' demise before the season. Um, Obviously, I think they're going to be at the. yeah. I just thought it was over. Yeah, um, you know they they added
1: <laughs> Bern, I was wrong. Uh,
0: and, and Patchetti, who obviously got uh, had had the injury and and uh, you know before um, uh, before the season even started, but uh, they got him for free. So um, as much we yeah we at, we I know saw, oh, I know we,
1: I know I was scared of the Devils this year, yeah. and I was right about the that. Devils. Look, they got they're
0: getting competent goaltending, and and look what they could do. Uh, but it's gonna be. It, I think it's turns, going to be a dogfight, a just you know, finishing the, the, um, you know, the regular season, and t- to me, it's it's not going to matter much um, where we get seated as long as we're not having to go to to Boston, uh, you know, for first round. I I will take one through three in the Metro and know that I have to play some combination of the, you know, Devils, Hurricanes, uh, Penguins, Caps.
1: I'm cool yeah, with all those yeah, matchups. I just though. like.
0: Super you just don't just want to be in a scenario where, like, if you get past Boston in the first, your reward is like uh, the the Maple Leafs team ready to break the curse or the Lightning again.
1: I also don't want to be the team that the Maple Leafs yeah. break the curse against. Like, that is that's something. I I don't know if I'd rather lose the Devils Oof. or the Maple Leafs break the curse against me. Like, that's that's hard. Um, we have Let's a couple go. more here, so we gotta keep going. This is from this is from same uh, Seamus. Oh, what's wrong with me? Seamus is to declare the forward. We sh- they should target returning from an injury in Florida has either to either move him or money for money or or oh sorry either have to pay him or move him for money. He makes three million dollars a year this year next year. Shoots well, skates fast, like a juiced up Vetrano. Uh I think if he was just for this year, they would go for him, but because he has two years, they won't. Do
0: it. Unless I, think it's I mean, that simple. Can I interest you in a Barclay Drou?
1: We just talked about how you might have to pay Chandler yeah. Miller 7 million dollars like Yeah,
0: Duclair uh, Clair, uh, uh
1: you know, he was he was
0: part of the Yandel trade, right? The um uh and he, he had flashes That's here good. and um you know, he had some ups and downs but became a pretty reliable goal scorer, some very much like a Vetrano. um and, and it seems like someone you kind of need on this team uh you know, as much as uh again you and greg going into the season were like this team is better than it was uh than last season and i i agreed when I, when i looked at the uh the start of last season's roster but not the playoff roster because they had they had just brought in the perfect reinforcements and uh Drury has a has a tall test to do that again um especially because uh, he's hopefully going to have you know once he got rid of Reeves he's going to have a little bit of cap space to play with after all the accumulation but like you said can you take on a single penny for after this year with all the with all the people you're gonna have to pay, no,
1: dude? Absolutely not. Can't do it. Uh, this is from Jay White 18011. Uh This is a this is a Vladimir Putin question. So let <laughs> so we'll just skip it. Uh, not yeah. to get po- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to get political. But as a teacher of current events and a lecturer on conflict, do you believe the NHL reporters have done enough to ask Ovechkin about his connections to Vladimir Putin? I think they have, but you can only do it so often. Like how often do you want them to ask? Like they kind of know which side he lands on. I think everybody kind of knows which side he lands on at this point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's
1: like, uh, you know, this is my expertise things where
0: I think enough has been done where like everyone kind of knows where the chips lie when it's the same as when they were asking the NFL players, if they were uh, vaccinated and the response was like, Oh, well it's a HIPAA issue, which I don't have the time to explain why that's such a dumb answer, but it, it, it that was basically a no, right? And the same thing here. We, everyone knows how Ovechkin feels about Putin. The last thing the NHL wants is that to be at the forefront because every time Ovechkin scores a goal, you see, uh, you know, his big goal counter, you know, chasing Gretzky going up. And the last yep. thing you, the yep. NHL wants is, um, you know, uh, Canadian hero Wayne Gretzky, whose face is going to be printed on their money. And so at some point that, you know, getting passed by pro Russia, pro Putin um, uh, Ovechkin—that's uh, just not the narrative you want. You want it to be a celebration.
1: I, I will say that Larry Brooks calls this out all the time, and good for Larry. He's like yeah, one of the and, only and reporters. But that there, does there's it. a
0: difference between uh, writing about it and and putting Ovechkin on the spot. But uh, I, I, at some point, there's there's little left to be gained by you know uh, straining a relationship. If you're a Capitals beat reporter. Um, you're you're really gonna go after the you know the most marketable person the, the person everyone.
1: Yeah, it's like very. You have to look at it as like how first of all how do you lose your job very quickly if you're a beat reporter and then on, on top of that and like I'm not trying to protect. Uh, over here he's totally fine but let's say he didn't all of a sudden all of a sudden he was like you know what i actually hate vladimir putin and he came out and he was like you know what screw you vladimir putin i hate your ass go usa it's the best here i live here i love it um that would probably put his family in a pretty yeah, interesting predicament over <laughs> back in russia uh, <laughs> yeah it's like and we've kind of seen how that works so it it's it's way more difficult than just saying hey can you ask and, him about putin <laughs> every single time and this, this might more be layers. stretching it
0: a bit but like honestly with the slight possibility of it happening do you want to be the beat reporter that pisses off vladimir putin with your constant question and you know risk some kind of you know whatever from even here in the u.s
1: it, <laughs> yeah so many layers to this it's it's ridiculous but uh, let's all remind everybody that urtami panera yeah. has a nokia phone and there's and there yeah. is a reason for and it's that.
0: not because big time you know are playing is, snake that's not the reason yeah
1: no, the guy used to literally respond to DMs on Twitter. Like he yeah. responded to me multiple times. He did not need to do that. Uh this is from Gray red asking for Chris Drury, how many fourth line centers do you need to win the state? <laughs> All of Cup? them. great great question. Yeah. Uh the laceration one is uh ridiculous. I don't get it. it. We'll we'll get into that in the future. Okay. I don't want to spend any more time on it, it. It's just like I don't I don't yeah, know why he's playing. He's fine, whatever. Didn't 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 see the value in that one, but I've I don't want to question Chris Drury just yet on that one because I think maybe he's like, hey, we can we can fix him. I could yeah. <laughs> I could fix her, <laughs> Chris Drury. Um This is for Brett Lee. Has the league really decided to turn Truba into defenseman Tom Wilson? This is uh, I don't know if you saw this, but during the Montreal game, uh, he pretty much kidney shots a Montreal player, and it's pretty not defensible for Jacob Truba. And uh, I, I wouldn't say he's at Tom Wilson level yet, but I would say he's at the same level of if he has any sort of hit, the gif will go viral very quickly.
0: Yeah. And look, it's, it's because you've enraged fan bases uh, for, you know, most notably Pittsburgh, right? Because you you took the, the golden boy down um, in, you know, an unintentional yet, you know, unfortunate hit let's let's put it that way um as the nicest way possible and once these things start happening more and more it look, it's hard to say it's a coincidence um when it, when anything happens to your guy you're gonna you're gonna um assign intention to the to the player that did it uh montreal fans still hate chris kreiner and always will
1: yeah he was tripped so he was tripped. Uh, this, this is from Toaster Daddy. I'm very pro retire the Potvin chant sucks. Uh, chant. As someone who lives in a house with Isles fans and generally makes us look more sad at, at, than any history it holds, they, they literally sell Potvin <laughs> socks now at UBS. I mean, come on. That being said, if you were to replace it, what would you replace it with? Do we just replace the name with our current pariah? Is something with the kids? A, a Jacob Truba choo choo chant? Something I, uh, you know, we've gone to a lot of games here, Dan. The Poffin-Chucks chant just doesn't do it for me. I never join in on it. I don't really get it. I think a lot of the fan base, the, the modern-day fan base, doesn't really understand even the history. Poffin was genuinely very good. Um, it is just something that's not for me. That being said, I don't really know if there's, like, a good replacement. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. I think you can look to soccer culture and do a lot of fun songs and singing. That's just not American hockey culture wow. at all. Uh, and I'm not sure we'll, we'll replace it. It'll be around for a while. I think it'll yeah, be around I'm, next 30 years at least. I'm very pro chants uh, that are
0: distinctly from, you know, a, a given team. Um, so when you hear the whistle, you know, even if you're not at Madison Square Garden, you know what it's about. Uh, you know that the Popin Sucks chant is coming. But the actual, you know, like you said, who who even remembers Popin Like, I, I'm not sure. I understand the reference. I'm not sure if I've ever gone back and watched the play that has led to it. Um, I would love to replace it with something pro Rangers or at, at worst, like at least something that's anti arrival, like make it a, a general Islanders I, thing.
1: I would just like to scream, forget about it. And at that's the why Ryan's not in charge of Chance. <laughs> 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 Forget about it. Uh, this is for a match action Final question. There was a moment in this game for CBJ where Johnny Brzezinski, Sammy Blay, and Jake LeCision were all on the ice at the same time. Totally unrelated. Do you think the Rangers will be active at the deadline?
0: Um, you know, look, they they have two forwards out. Right? It's uh, you know those guys. Yeah, those guys are yeah, th- those guys on, on the ice. Th- those guys aren't even dressed at the same time when we're healthy um that said uh how often do you get through a long playoff stretch with with no players having to take a game off um
1: i will say that johnny Brzezinski probably ends up starting that's not wild at all i think uh
0: i'm at this point i would be surprised if he doesn't
1: he's fine i say sammy blade the the players you mentioned there were sammy blade ben harper and jake decision and those three players will not see the ice in the playoffs I think they'll. I think the Rangers will go out and get a depth forward, maybe a, a right wing, and I also think they'll get a left wing defenseman. Uh, yeah. Left handed defenseman. Uh, sorry.
0: It's one of those things where you, uh, the you saw Justin Braun sign with Philly again for a very small contract, and you're like, ah, would would it really have been bad to to bring him back? Um, yeah, and may, maybe they just had more faith in um, you know Jones than uh, than they turned out to now, but.
1: I have said this a lot but I think I think Drury kind of mandated Galant to to have certain mm-hmm. players on the roster and I think Jones was one of those and then yeah it just it's wasn't working um
0: out. it's one of those do you let the the cook buy the ingredients things cuz uh Drury can can do exactly. everything we want him to do and make the optimal roster but if Galant's not going to play it what good is that optimal roster um you you might you know, the, it might have to be more. You make the optimal roster for what you know your coach is going to do, which is not the same thing.
1: Totally different. Dan, cannot thank you enough for filling in for Greg this week. You may fill in one more week after this. Um, I'm sorry, everyone, that you didn't have to listen to Greg talk about the Mets this week. He will return shortly. No uh, one can uh, have a say I'm you just keeping here. the seat warm. That's it, baby. You get it. All right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. You can follow me on Twitter at ORIME. You can follow <laughs> yeah. Dan Nowhere. And uh, we'll see you guys for BSBOT. I'm going to have my friend Matthew Kahn yeah. join me. See you guys then. Love you guys. Bye. All right. It's the end of the show, and I want to thank Dan right off the rip before I start thanking NHL Insiders Club's Patreon members uh, for taking time out of his week to come talk New York Rangers hockey with me with Greg on a, a very, very extremely temporary hiatus. Uh, Honestly, love the guy. Been talking to him for years. Met him. He he's one of the people that hosts the Reddit Rangers Meetup. Um, he's been great for the community, and it's always awesome talking Rangers hockey with him. So thank you to Dan. And without further ado, let's thank some of the NHL Insiders Club members who make this show possible every single week. And I continue to butcher their names: Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cattrulo, Adam Adam Linder, Adam Ke Keach. Whoa, that's the worst I've ever said it. Adam Keach, Alex Flint, Alex Gardner, Al, Andrew Roner. Anthony Terragada, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brandon Latkos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Finelli, Chris Hauer, CJ Stellwagen, Connery P. Damage, Daniel De- Dezen, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Gar- Gar- Garrett Reynas, Give Gardner cup, Garrett, Gunsick Fly, Harrison Haskell, Hippity9, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, JD, John Jacques, Francois, John Jean, Jimmy Max, John Hardesty, John Shay Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Christian Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, lazik Gronowski, Lacek, Leshek, Lacek Gronowski, nailed it. Lieber's Kayak, Lo Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Matthew Kine, by the way, will be joining me exclusively for BSBOT on Thursday. Should be a fun time. Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Nate Hanafi, nailed it, Nate. Thank you so much, by the way. Neil Grover, Nick Nicholas Nicola, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kodarev, PJ Sisparo, Pro World X Gamer, Randy Tester, Ryan Still Hasn't Watched Miracle Somehow Still True, Stable Box, Weingart, Thomas Walsh, Tommy Tom Thomas Jr., Tommy O'Neill Torrey from Upstate Ben, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Thank you all so much, as always. Uh, Greg will be back, and we will talk to you then. Uh, BSBOT later this week, me and Manny Jack. Me next week with Fitz. Dan possibly again as well. And then uh, maybe mystery guest for next week's BSBOT. Maybe we'll do a voicemail episode. That would kind of be fun. Let's figure out how to do that. We'll do a, We'll do a voicemail BSBOT. Boy, that'll be a disaster, but let's get it done. It'll be fun. I'll, I'll have fun editing it. All right, I love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.